when we do good things to be admired and applauded by others. We prostitute our very own righteousness, the righteousness that Jesus spoke about in the last chapter in the black market of the world. We take a beautiful gift that God has given Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake from our message series. My name is Kelvin, I'm excited to be back with you. We took a little week of a break, but we are back with the amazing messages and our series entitled Righteousness by Heart. Today in the podcast, we have another message entitled When You Give. It's based from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, and Isaiah chapter 58, verses 6 through 8, if you'd like to follow along. Pastor Michael will be diving into our Engage question, How to Give in Secret. Think about that listen to this episode. Here's Pastor Michael. Welcome home. There's always room for one more. Glad you're here this morning. Those of you that are regular attenders, maybe you're here for the first time or the first time in a long while. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the family. A couple of uh, items of note before we dive into today's message. We've been working quietly on a project for about six months. We've been renovating a particular space in this church building to help grow our audio podcast. You've heard Elevate Retake, you hear it about every week, probably tired of it by now. Some of you are faithfully listening and we appreciate it. But right back over here um, to my left, your right, there's a little rectangular window kind of close to the wall over here. Those of you up front can see that. Right behind that window, I want to show you inside of that window right now. I think we've got the first picture we can put up on the screen. This is what this room looked like about six months ago. Uh, A storage closet in very much disarray. We'll go through. Here's the ceiling, I think. Yep, yeah, kind of all in shambles. Here's the floor. Yep, not looking so great. We'll go on to the next one. We started to do some work, some new insulation, and then some new drywall on. We mudded that all together. Oh, the room is starting to take shape. Let's keep going. Ah, that's what it looks like painted. One more, sound panels, and then one more. Here's what it came to look like just this past week. Previously, we've been recording our podcast out of my office, and it's been a cadre of just like breakfast kind of gets stored in there too. So there's one side that's the breakfast corner, the other side that's the podcast corner. And sometimes we don't know if we're recording a podcast or eating breakfast. But now we'll know for sure when we sit down in the booth that we were recording the podcast. And this project came together because of your gifts to Elevate. We invested between the audio equipment and the stuff you see on the wall um, and and, and just the podcast itself. We've put Put probably six to seven thousand dollars towards this project because it's been blessing people's lives. People have been writing in, they've been telling me, Hey, thank you for the podcast. The conversations are meaningful, the messages are meaningful, and it leads me closer to Jesus. And I think it's important that we as a community put our money towards things that leave people closer to Jesus. So your faithful giving helps us be able to do that. This coming week, the podcast will be recorded from that space. And you can imagine in your mind when you listen to it, maybe for the first time or for the 30th time or the 100th time, this is where that is happening. And there's a few people I need to thank, um, especially Jonathan Coker, who's our creative director. He's hiding in the shadows back over here and doesn't like to be publicly acknowledged. He's been a big, uh, uh, he, he pulled the big brain out to, to, to pull uh, this project off. We've also had some help from uh, Ms. Sherry Harris down at CTA. Um, Caleb Valdez and Alan uh, Cuellar helped us during service day. My mom even chipped in a little bit. Um, and Carlos Nolasco with some of the electrical stuff in the room 
and then Ruben Casabona, our media pastor. Those are the people that really helped to make this project come to fruition. And by the way, in the past year and a half, we've had over 5,000 downloads across 121 episodes. So I think that's pretty cool. It's not viral. It's not the millions of listens, but it's something. And that something God is taking and using to bless others. So if you want to support the podcast, you can give to Elevate. If you want to be on the podcast, come find me. I'll get your information. We'll schedule you out. We'd love to have you there. Here's where we turn to this morning. Righteousness by heart. It's a series that we've been focusing on, looking at the Sermon on the Mount. We had Infinite Hope a couple weeks ago, and that feels like almost a year and a half ago now, how long ago that was. It was only three or four weeks. We looked at the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. We walked through the Beatitudes. We walked through where Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And then we just, we're, we're, we're continuing to go. We paused last week for communion to serve one another and to remember what Jesus has done for us. And we pick up where we left off. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. You can open them up there. That's where we are going to begin our look at the Sermon on the Mount this morning. Before we go to Scripture, let's invite the author of Scripture to sit down beside us. God in heaven, thank you for this space and this time. Thankful for your grace and your mercy that allows us to be here. As we look further into the Sermon on the Mount this morning, God, I pray that you will sit down beside us that you, the author of scripture, will be right here, and that we'll get a word from on high that we need for today, that you have prepared just for us. God, we leave that in your hands, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Jesus' name I pray, amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Hold your finger there. I'm going to jump back with you to Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. I'm giving an Alex the hard time this morning, but he's keeping up with me. Here we go. You are the light of the world. We've got to remember where we came from. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in verse 16, in the same way, Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus finishes the Beatitudes with a proclamation that we are now active in those blessings, that we become salt and that we become light, and that light shines out of us so that others might praise God. And then he takes a turn and he says, by the way, there's no way you're making it into the kingdom of God unless your righteousness surpasses the righteousness of the Pharisees. And the disciples are like, what? Those are the most righteous dudes. Righteous, man. Jesus says, no, your righteousness has got to go deeper. You've got to have a better understanding, a more full understanding of my law. My law is to draw you into closer relationship with me. It's not just a list to keep to make sure that you get to the good place. And Jesus turns from Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through the end. He will then take us into Matthew chapter 6. And his teaching will turn to three pillars of the Jewish faith. And I would argue for you this morning that those three pillars still stand in Christianity today. Giving, prayer, and fasting. And today we turn to the first in Matthew chapter six and I'll read verses one through four. Watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others for you will lose the reward from your father in heaven. Verse two, when you give to someone in need, 
don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogue and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. Verse three, but when you give to someone in need, let your, do not let your, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Verse four, give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. That's what we're looking at this morning. So let's back it up to verse 1. Let's kind of break this down together this morning. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be ad- uh, admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Other versions will say, don't practice your righteousness before men, so that you get the glory and not God. It can be easy to look back at the preceding verses, the ones about, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery, but I tell you, don't even look at someone else with lustful intent. You've heard it said, don't murder, but I tell you the truth, if you harbor anger in your hearts, you've already committed the very same. And we can just take it deeper and be like, oh, here's the new checklist of the things that we need to keep. But Jesus says, be very careful. Because that can lead you to a place that now you are keeping the law to get glory for yourself and not for God. You see, a transformed heart acts differently. There's something about the heart that's transformed that does not seek the worldly honor and glory. Our good deeds are not done so that others can pat us on the back and look how righteous and and wealthy we are in spiritual ways. It's not what good deeds are for. Jesus says we must watch out because there's a proclivity inside of us that will yearn for the public affirmation, that will make us stand up and do things so that we can receive the pat on the back. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. A transformed heart acts differently. Then Jesus will go on to illustrate the point in verse two. He says, this is how this bears out. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. Blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. Jesus is using this illustration to illustrate the point. And he's likely using figurative language here. There's not a lot in Jewish writings that describes this uh, scene of someone publicly blowing a trumpet as they're walking into the synagogue. And, you know, we haven't found the receipt yet of someone who's purchased or has rented an air horn to bring with them to church for the offering time, you know. But when we bring our gifts and we give to others so that others will notice how good we are, God steps aside. When we aim to oppress others with how much we give or how righteous we are, God lets us. He says, okay, you want the glory of man? Please, by all means. But that's the only reward that you will get. God pulls his offer back off the table. He says, you've already received your reward for the good deeds that you've done. That's what you were in for. And Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He says, what do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? The things that we bring to the table, the gifts and the offerings, we can talk about money, we can talk about time, we can talk about talents. Whatever we bring to the table is what God has already given us. And we can so easily forget and brush that to a side of like, wow, look at the thing that I have to bring. And God says, I'm the one that gave it to you in the first place. 
Why don't you use it for my honor and glory? You see, when we go looking for the praise of men and women, we ultimately get what we are looking for. A friend of mine was working a disaster site a number of years ago. They were a lead on one of the projects delivering food to people who had been decimated by a natural disaster. And a certain leading politician of the time, I'm not going to give you any details so you can't point fingers either side, was scheduled to come and visit their site. And there was a lot of work that went into it because this person had to be there at a particular time, at a particular place, with a certain set of security. And it caused more difficulty for the leaders that were trying to help people. And it almost hindered the project because this person had to come for their photo op and how they were so sorry that this had happened and how the government was now stepping in to provide funds. And you better believe both the left and the right are guilty of this. This is not isolated to one party or another. So please feel free to have your toes stepped on with this story. But oftentimes when we go about doing good deeds, when the camera is rolling, What good is that? Because then when the camera shuts off, we can walk away and we have no responsibility to the people that we were just helping because we were really there for accolades and acclaim ourselves, not really hoping to help someone out of their difficult situation. And in the social media world that we live in, it's very easy to fall into this trap. We have curated vignettes of our lives that go up on the interwebs, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. When we do good things to be admired and applauded by others, we prostitute our very own righteousness in the black market of this world. I'm going to say that one more time because some of y'all didn't catch it. When we do good things to be admired and applauded by others, we prostitute our very own righteousness, the righteousness that Jesus spoke about in the last chapter in the black market of the world. We take a beautiful gift that God has given it and use it for nefarious purposes so that we take the glory that is ultimately owed to God. Jesus continues, Matthew chapter 6, verse 3. He says, but when you give, and you right here is singular. Oftentimes it's plural, and uh, if it was a Texas version, this wouldn't be y'all, this would be you. Give when you give to someone in need. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Here he's speaking to every individual that has come out to the Mount of Blessing. He's looking each and every one of them in the eyes and he's saying, when you give and when you give and when you give, it's you, it's singular, it's not the collective. The onus and import is placed on you and on me by ourselves. It gets very personal. And the precaution here is about guarding our own hearts. He says, give in such a way that your own body parts don't know what the other is doing. Give so that no one knows about it, not even yourself. Some of you that come in from this side of the church over here probably recognize or see the the little come and go food pantry that we have up on the south side of our entry. It's got a little sign on it that says, please take what you need or give, uh, give what you can. And you open up those doors and there's just a smorgasbord of, uh, of shelf-stable goods that bless people in this community. And we started that project, uh, I don't even remember now when we exactly did. It's been a few months. 
And there are some of you sitting in this space that I know faithfully give to that and curate that so that others can receive a blessing. And what I love about that come and go food pantry is that there's no camera, there's no interviews, there's no check sheet. You simply drop off your goods in the little drop basket and people come by during the week to receive what they need. No questions asked, no stories told, no interviews or anything. And I think that beautifully illustrates the point of what Jesus is getting across here is that we serve so that others can receive a blessing and glorify God in heaven, not so that any accolades come to ourselves. And I love that. I don't even know everybody that's donated to it. I don't even know everybody that's come through and received fruit from that place, but it's been a blessing for hundreds of people in this community. Give so that no one else knows about it, not even yourself. And he finishes Matthew chapter 6, verse 4. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. It says give in secret. And we can talk about money. This isn't necessarily a, a, a sermon on tithes and offerings. Like, yes, it's obvious it can be applied here. But when you give of your time, when you give of your love, when you give of your good deeds, placing a smile on someone else's face, do it in such a way that it's done in private because the only person that matters is God. It's the Father. He's the one that can bring the legitimate reward. Your Father who sees everything will reward you. You give because it's the right thing to do, not because there's anything in it for yourself. Dietrich Bonhoeffer in the book Cost of Discipleship puts it this way. We are to hide our good deeds from ourselves. Our task is simply to keep on following, looking only to our leader who goes on before, taking no notice of others or of what we are doing. We must be unaware of our own righteousness and see it only insofar as we look unto Jesus. We must be completely unaware of our own righteousness. Jesus again comes back to the heart. He says, what you're giving, you can't look for a reward or acknowledgement. He says, where is your heart in this process? What's your intent? What's your purpose? Why are you being nice to someone else? Hearts transformed by the grace of God give freely, seeking no recognition. God wants to transform us in such a way. Give us a righteousness by heart that living his character is as natural to us as it is to breathe. But you're not even thinking about it. That the public accolades and the acclaim and the acknowledgement isn't even there because you're doing the thing because that's the thing that Jesus' followers do. And it doesn't matter what rewards or recognition that come. No, I'm doing it because Jesus has bid me do it. And I know that my reward is in heaven. I'm not even seeking after that. I'm living the kingdom life here and now. That's what righteousness by heart is all about. That the grace of our Savior and of our Lord has come close and changed what's inside so there's a natural outpouring. Paul talks about it in Galatians in this way. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
There comes a time and there comes a space where it's not me living, it's Jesus. He is indwelling in my heart and has taken over in such a way that I am following the course of life, come what may. I'm living out his calling in my life. It doesn't matter what anybody says about me, positively or negatively. This is the path that I've chosen. It's Jesus that defines me, not something else in this world. The story this morning. I want to. I want to finish with a story. Normally, there's a real-world uh, illustration or something recently that I came across, but I couldn't find anything better than Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. He may be sitting in one of the back pews by one of the black boxes that we have. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him. He says, guys, guys, gather around. I have something to tell you. I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. That's the gospel. It takes investment. It takes a space that you lean in. She gave everything she had. That takes a heart that's transformed. A heart that's not looks and says, okay, I've got, I've got two pennies. I can give one and I'll keep the other just so I can live off of it. She says, no, I'm giving all of me all of my life, the only material possessions that I have, I'm giving those. And Jesus says that gift is bigger than the sum of all the others that paraded in with their big gifts. May we give in a way that no one notices. And may our hearts be transformed by the gospel so that righteousness is as natural to us as it is to breathe. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Elevate Retake. Where is your heart in giving? Hearts transformed by the grace of God give freely, seeking no recognition. What a powerful message we heard today. Make sure to stay tuned for the Retake conversation dropping in your feed this week. You can find us on Instagram at Elevate Retake, and we'd love for you to leave us a voice message over on the Anchor app that link in the description. And if you don't want to leave a voice message, and maybe that's okay, don't worry about it. We can still hear from you. We have our Engage question up on our Spotify page, and you can answer it, and we can see your responses and talk about them on the podcast. You can find links to all of that in the description. My name is Kelvin. We'll see you next time.